Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us today from Los Altos, California is Mark Diamond. Mark is the CEO of Contural. And today we're going to be talking about what's really a complex issue these days, which is the balance between record retention and protecting privacy. Mark, thanks for being here. And let me ask, you know, on the one hand, the more records you have and the longer you keep them, the more privacy risk you have. On the other hand, there are specific requirements to retain certain records for certain periods of time. In general, what's the right balance? Just keep things as long as the law requires or something else? You know, Adam, uh, this is a great question. And it shows how you sort of have if not conflicting, sometimes competing compliance regimes out there. The traditional world of records management says, hey, we're gonna keep things for a minimum period of time. And most records management rules have a minimum retention period. And unfortunately, a lot of companies have had a de facto save everything forever type of strategy. And they're saying, well, we're compliant because we're keeping it forever is longer than the minimum. And um, unfortunately, there's a new sheriff in town and that is, the privacy rules. Uh, there are obviously new and emerging privacy rules all throughout the world. And these privacy rules significantly restrict how long you can keep certain types of personal information. And there are records that contain personal information. Uh, complex subject, but in general, you are allowed to keep records, even if they have privacy information, as least at least as long as the legal and regulatory record keeping requirement. And if you can document a legitimate business need and why you need to keep it longer, it is argued and we believe that you can keep it longer than that period. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we're gonna fall back on our old approach of trying to keep everything forever because obviously that's against the rule. You know, we see a lot of organizations that really have, and it's not just paper and it's not just data and databases. It, you know, personal information lives in emails, they live in files, it's really throughout the organization. Um, so yes, you need to keep it for the legal and regulatory record keeping period. You can keep it longer than that, but you also need to identify which of your records and other information contain personal information and you need to be able to limit that. I, I don't think it's an either or. I think you have to work this through on a, on a per record basis to make sure that you're smart about what you're keeping and for how long and, and managing it and, and really trying to do the right thing. That's the other issue is a lot of the, a lot of the privacy rules you could argue are somewhat non-prescriptive. Um, you're never gonna find you know, a bright line on how to manage that. So you just sort of say, hey, well, I've kept it for this long, this how long I had to keep it. This was a legitimate period of time for keeping it beyond that, which is not you know, forever, um, but here's how I got rid of it. And I think that like many compliance areas, if you demonstrate that you're really trying to follow the principles of both, um, that will put uh, your organization in a much better position. And all this to me argues for the creation of what a lot of organizations have already, which is an information and governance program. For those that don't, what should it encompass? Let's use record, let's start out with records management. Records management is really a, a, about identifying which information or which uh, content should be saved. And for how do we classify that? How do we save it? And how do we get rid of it when we want to? If we look at privacy requirements, it, it's what of our information as personal information. 
how do we save it? How do we secure it? And how to, or, or, or not save it if we shouldn't at all? Um, and how do we get rid of it when we want to? Those are effectively the same things, but with slightly different drivers. And so which many organizations are beginning to realize that, that there is a significant overlap between the world of records management and privacy, but it doesn't end there. If we look at e-discovery, um, e-discovery is about preserving information, even when maybe the records rules or the privacy rules say, well, you need to be able to delete it. And so we have to factor in that. Doesn't stop there. We also have the world of information security. You have other types of sensitive information. You have corporate confidential or trade secrets or other types of sensitive information above and beyond personal information. And how do we apply that consistently throughout the organization? Well, it doesn't end there. It's also about access controls. It's about who should have access to information, who's entitled to have access to that. And of course, how do we protect it from, you know, the, the bad guys in the black hats from, from, from breaching our information. And so there's a fairly significant information security. And finally, not to get lost in the shuffle, which it sometimes does, we see a number of organizations out there that, to be honest, uh, you know, forget about the, the employee element, which is the reason we have the information to begin with. We have information to be able to be productive, to be able to build things or sell things or serve customers or whatever we do. But uh, there is often a business need that has to be factored into there. Trying to do these as separate programs just doesn't work. Uh, you you know you you can't have uh, you know just do standalone privacy if you're going to go delete personal information that's under legal hold. You 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 can't worry about being securing information unless you know the, the content, whether it has business value and who should have access to it. So these things are all intermingled. What many organizations are doing is they're expanding their records, their privacy, their e-discovery, and to some extent information security programs into larger information governance programs. Now, in some cases, these are programs where we just have different stakeholders working with each other. We oftentimes see a steering committee that, hey, uh, we'll all work together and make sure we can figure out where we have conflicts. Even better is figuring out not only the conflicts, but hey, if you do a good job of identifying content for records management, maybe you can help create a data map for e-discovery, or maybe that's gonna help me in the world of privacy. What these organizations are doing are finding out that there are common work streams that serve multiple masters, if you will, multiple compliance regimes. And they're saying, hey, let's work together because one task can benefit all of us. Some organizations are even going a step farther. They're saying, hey, let's put this under one group. We're seeing, uh, I have a number of clients out there today that are have combined their privacy programs and their records programs, or at least put them on the same team. And they may have different staff people within the team that are responsible for each, but they're putting together. And the reason is it's, it's easier, um, it's more effective, it's, it's cheaper, and it's more compliant. And that's what's driving many organizations to be these more encompassing overall information governance programs. So you mentioned that some have created their own unit for this issue. Where should it sit in the organization? I mean, there's privacy implications, security, business operations, compliance. Where does it best fit? 
Well, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to put it in any one place. And, and most organizations approach this by having a steering committee. They have a working group with multiple stakeholders associated with that. In some cases, if they combine, for example, the records and the privacy in a single department, um, they will still have a steering committee with IT, InfoSec, and other, InfoSec and other stakeholders, which are part of that. Um, uh, that's more typically where it go. I think um, compliance professionals have a huge role in not only being part of this, but oftentimes leading these different types of efforts. Um, you know, and, and that brings up the question, you know, who needs to be on the team? And, and in most cases, we'll see somebody, I'll go through the list, legal, which may include the transactional part, um, governance, compliance individuals are, are typically going to be part of this, IT, uh, data governance, which is a separate function oftentimes in information governance, uh, but also the business units, HR, finance, other ones, to make this really an enterprise-wide cross-functional team um, that, will, that will work together on this. And again, some cases you're, you'll find some tasks that you could do or some functions, but we see many, many companies beginning to take a big picture view. Uh, and a big part of that is putting the right players on this team to begin with. Now, you mentioned just now data governance, um, and you believe there's an information between information governance and data governance, I think. Um, what is that difference? Well, it's going to vary from uh, organization to organization. I'm going to take labels aside of it, regardless of what we call it. But traditional information governance is about really managing information uh, uh, to reduce risk, to ensure compliance, and ensure individual employee productivity. Um, and it includes things like records management and e-discovery, uh, obviously privacy. Traditional data governance is about how do we leverage large amounts of data to answer big questions for our company? How do we price our products? How do we uh, 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 engage uh, new consumers? Uh, there's a whole number of uses to be able to do that. Sometimes these functions sound different, but in our view, they are different. Data governance would include like master data management. Um, oftentimes data warehousing projects are part of uh, data governance, other things like that. Um, these are different but complementary activities. Uh, matter of fact, good information governance can make data governance more compliant. Um, hey, let's build a data warehouse, but let's make sure that the data warehouse is not polluted with personal information as just one example. Um, but we do believe that these are, are essentially separate functions. And, and we work with quite a few companies that have separate information governance and data governance groups. And when they understand what each does, they're actually very comfortable and confident in their complementary roles. Interesting. Well, it's a provocative area. It's a complex one, and it's an area that you know, we only see growing these days. So, uh, Mark, thank you for sharing your insights with us on this today. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletop from SCC and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.